Everybody, welcome back. This is the Price to Sell podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Campoli. And today, we're changing up a bit. Bringing on a special guest. A lot of you may know who he is. You may have heard him say, what do you do for a living? <laughs> Knocking on a couple of doors. We have Mr. Aaron Van Campen in the building. Thank you for coming. How's it going? Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Uh, I love chatting to people and telling them my story. So any opportunity I get, I love to jump on and kind of fill people in. But you nailed it on the head. I'm very popularly known for going up to people's mansions, knocking on their door and asking them a question that everybody wants to know. It's what do you do for a living? How do you afford this place? And some people, the odd time, let me inside and I get to tour their incredible homes. And I've seen some of the most miraculous real estate in the process. I think it's genius because it's so simple and it's led you to 5.7 million on TikTok, 1.3 million on Snapchat, 147 on YouTube. You probably just hit more than that as, we, as we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's super interesting. And the reason I brought you on here because you know, you're knocking on doors, yeah. you're touring some pretty cool properties, you're providing um, value to whether it's a listing that you're going to see, like maybe if it's for sale, maybe it's not but you're just showing what the power of like social media and the exposure can do for people. I think it's really cool, especially yeah. for someone like myself who knows the power of that. So let's get into like your story before. Certainly. So um, I grew up in Toronto, uh, in Scarborough, in fact, and um, I was always a bit of a hustler and I always had a, like a number of business endeavors and side jobs I would do. But for the most part, I was bartending and uh, I went to school for advertising and marketing. It took me quite some time to finish high school, so it was a little later. Um, and throughout the time I was bartending and in school, I had a business in the film industry and it was probably the greatest segue into what I do now, which my role was location scout and the role kind of defines itself. But for anyone who doesn't know, it's essentially, um, I would find locations to use for filming purposes and I wasn't unionized. So my job would primarily be focused on commercial films. And if any, if you watch, you know, a lot of commercials on TV, uh, specifically, most of them take place in homes. So my job was to knock on people's houses and inquire about using their property to film. And I did that for probably about five years is my own company. And uh, I was bartending as well. And then uh, when COVID came around, everything collapsed, the film industry, the bar industry. And uh, I was looking for a means initially to advertise my ability to attain luxury locations for filming purposes. And uh, I saw quite a few other people online going up to cars or interviewing people on the street and asking them what they do. And it clicked with me that here I am, a guy that goes up to people's luxury properties, and I'm always curious what they do. So I decided to make my initial campaign for my location business with a compelling video content that basically asks those owners what they do. And the, by the third video, I had about 40 million views. And I had so much wow. um, customer base for location scouting that I actually, rather than pursuing it, I decided to put it aside and focus on making more content and potentially pivoting that following and that audience into a new direction. Did you know where it would lead you? Or were you just kind of like on a whim, like, screw it, I'm going to drop what I was doing before. I believe in myself. I see the potential with this thing. Let's just go. Yeah, so it was a lot of people were scratching their head because what few jobs I had, I wasn't doing them. 
And uh, at the time I had like no money at all. Like we're talking, I, I was renting a small apartment at a Honda Civic, the payments were past due. And here I am making these videos, getting millions and millions of views and tons of exposure. But as many people know, TikTok doesn't pay you much, if yeah. anything at all. So it was a bit of a risk. I mean, a pretty great risk, but I knew that it would eventually go somewhere. I mm -hmm. knew that these views, these numbers, and being in such a established industry, getting this much viewership would lead me somewhere. And it definitely has, but it took a great, great sum of time, I would say. I mean, about eight months of just blood, sweat, and tears, but yeah. we got there. Yeah, I love it. I used to have an Integra. So I feel you on the whole Civic thing. <laughs> yeah. I'll run down, rusted. Right on. <laughs> rusted uh, fenders. Hilarious. Um, I, I so I want to get into the next and what happened with you. But before I do, I want to know your first door you knocked on and how that was. Because like as a realtor, for example, door knocking sucks. I used to hate it. So I used to like put like a Tim's card in my back pocket, like $5. And say, like, right, if this, this fucker answers at the door today, they're going to get a $5 gift card from me. <laughs> so I'm walking up with value and it yeah. gave me that confidence. So, but if I didn't have anything on me, it's like, oh, here I am, just a solicitor. They're going to hate me. Slam yeah. the door on my face. So you go, working with the film, it's like, okay, I'm about to give this person a really cool opportunity mm -hmm. if they're open to it. So you're walking up with that confidence because it's like, here's an opportunity. Yeah, definitely. So now it's just going up to the door with just like, let's say uh, that opportunity, not in the, in the picture anymore, just what do you do for a living? Yeah. How was that? Uh, well, I, I definitely built the ability to accept refusal or denial through location scouting and even more through doing TikTok videos at people's homes. I've never paid anyone to be on my shows, whereas you nailed it with, you know, if I were doing a Swiffer commercial, they're dropping 20K for like a day. And here I am just, hey, can we make a quick video for free? Yeah. So I mastered the pitch. And uh, something that my grandfather taught me when I was a kid, and I think it's a principle that is like relatable to every scenario is you always have no. You're sitting like we're here doing this podcast. You, you don't know what opportunities are there until you try. And if you try and you walk away with no, you're back in square one. You didn't yeah. really lose anything except for maybe a little bit of time. So for me, I, I kept that in the back of my mind every time I would try something new or go up to someone's home. I know that standing on the sidewalk, this home that I'm looking at, they're not making a video unless I go ask. And by the time I walk back down the driveway and they said no, I'll just move on to the next house. Mm -hmm. So it took a lot of uh, humility and uh, trial and error, but... Uh, the ratios for how many people would do a video versus not are pretty staggering. Yeah. yeah. You, um, so what was that first door like for you? That so first yes. The first yes was pretty quick. In fact, it okay. was, it, it, I had just happened upon a guy that was, he opened the door and he said he was an industrialist, which was kind of vague, but I didn't really have the guts at the time to like dig in further. Yeah. But um, he made the video and I, and after I, you know, I walked away and I, I, he, he was, after I stopped filming, he was like, hey, what is this about? And I kind of just told him about it. And uh, it was quite simple. And moving into the future, I stopped filming them candidly immediately because the reaction when I would go up to people and try to film them immediately. With the phone up? With the phone up was not welcomed. Okay. You have any <laughs> so, bad experiences? For sure. Yeah. Okay. People <laughs> slamming their doors, yelling yeah. at me, all these sorts of things. But yeah. I think what really mastered it was when I stopped filming them immediately and started knocking and inquiring prior. That was when it okay. was able to be like refined. And <clears throat> those first ones, when I came up and pitched myself as who I am and what I'm attempting to do, um, a lot of people didn't understand it at all. I mean, a lot of homeowners that have, you know, $10 million homes plus some, some of them are of an older generation or also aren't really that comfortable with just talking about how they've earned their money. 
So you're coming up with a really personal question from a very strange approach. So it's difficult and there's a lot of different reactions, but some people loved my audacity and my um, entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was what really enabled me to be able to attain this content, being relatable to some homeowners. Yeah. And I, the same, um, like it's, it's, it's the same thing with as, as a realtor too. Like a lot of, a lot of us think it's like, you know, we're the worst enemy knocking on someone's door. They probably think it's a burglar or whatever, but a lot of people do actually respect it and will take you a step further just because like, you know what, you, you, you're here right now, you're standing in front of my door, you're putting in this work, this is not yeah, comfortable. I, I could totally see that. I appreciate right? sales. Like yeah. when someone even now with the businesses that I have approach me with a, with a well, you know, packaged pitch and they are the guy, you know, they are the girl, the guy, whoever, but they present themselves. It's, it's appealing. You want to give that person that the time of your day when it's packaged and put in front of you in the right way. Yeah. So now you're getting the S's. You're, you're getting the views. Mm -hmm. um, I imagine in order to stay consistent, how often were you posting? Like how often were you going out there knocking on doors yeah. just to get the content? So when I had first begun, um, I was basically going out every single day. And when I started, it was kind of the height of the pandemic here in Toronto. That's even worse. Yeah. That's so, even harder. <laughs> well, you would think initially, but yeah. in, in hindsight, it actually be, became a, a, a positive because first of all, there was no traffic, which yes. everybody oh, loved. my God. <laughs> and second of all, everyone was at home. Yeah. So when I knocked on your door, odds are you are either you know working from home or you're just stuck at home, you're bored. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this potentially exciting opportunity comes knocking on the door. So I think that that had some wager in the fact that you know, people were just home more. It was just the yeah. odds were in my favor. And uh, people were consuming a lot more content during that time too, which I think is also a benefit. Yeah, there was a, it was a make or break. Mm. I wouldn't say break, but it was really a make time yeah. for many mm -hmm. to take advantage of everyone being at home, um, really game plan your business. Like for yeah, me, I took time. a total shift too. You take a step back. So now that you're, you, you've stopped your career, essentially, you moved into this. Mm-hmm. I guess you're putting all, all your eggs in this basket. Uh, when did you start to f like see the rewards come? Like all, yeah. all the, the fruit of your labor? So it wasn't until I had, I had a couple people help me along the way. Some of the people that I had met just by knocking on their doors, I would, I started doing a secondary series on YouTube where I would do in-depth interviews with some of the homeowners that were keen on having, you know, a second follow-up and YouTube started to pay me, which, you know, maybe was like, one to two thousand dollars a month for the first six months but it wasn't until i got a proposition from uh snapchat cool. where they wanted me to do a show deal with them on their discovery network and uh that was probably around the eighth month and that was really changing like changed everything for me because it really monetized all that work that i had done yep. and it put me in a position where i had a surplus of content with all these mansions where i could now repurpose it and be solid to release, you know, like two seasons because I've done all the legwork. And um, yeah, I, I took it that that direction. And, and I've definitely expanded beyond that at this point by uh, creating new shows, new premises and using my network of people that I've met, as well as my um, online presence to uh, pivot and expand into new business opportunities um, and just different ventures. So it's safe to say you didn't really know where things were going to lead you. Like if you could no. have like at that moment when you first started planned out where you're at now, could you have done that? God, no. I thought I was going to be doing something way different. Right? <laughs> I knew that there was a financial opportunity <clears throat> even before I got the deal with Snapchat or even before there was YouTube. 
just even when I was getting those millions of views, having a background in advertising and marketing, I knew that there was some angle here. And I was always quite savvy with just business ideas. I knew there was something, but I did not think it would land me here. Yeah, I think it's, it's just, you know, just surrendering in general. Yeah. The idea of it is scary for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, I'm going to jump into this new, you know, uh, idea I have, but yeah. no idea where it's going to lead me. So I'm not going to do it because I don't know what the future looks 100%. like. 100%. I think risk is a huge part of life. And I think it's important to take risks while you can. And um, generally speaking, like the only reason I was able to find the success that I have now was because I was put in a position where I had to do something. Mm -hmm. uh, as I said earlier, I was, you know, payments on my car were passed to you. I had a little apartment. It was everything that I had yeah. and I had no fallback. So when shit kind of hit the fan, it was like, hey, you know, I got to do something. So when I was in that pinch, I had to risk it. I had to try. And as soon as something was working, I wasn't about to just settle for mediocrity. I was going to go the full distance and I'm still on that marathon. I love it. And I imagine your, <laughs> your goals now are even bigger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Massive, eh? Really big. Because <laughs> once, once those doors open up, it's just yeah. like, let's go. Yep. Um, so do you, I imagine like, again, another byproduct that you probably didn't even guess would be a thing, but the networking mm -hmm. of meeting some of these people. An right? exceptional opportunity. Something that I did from the very beginning was um, consent forms. So cool. by, by like the third video, I had people signing consent forms. And initially I was just like, you know, I just want to make myself you know, clear. I got the permission of these people. But I actually took all of the consent forms, every email, phone number, address, name, and put it in a spreadsheet. I've made over 500 unique videos with extremely successful people that own luxury properties. Every single one of them will never forget who I am because I made something that potentially change their lives. Yeah. And uh, I've made a lot of personal connections as well as a lot of acquaintances in a vast network of different careers and industries all across North America. And I've called upon those people for a variety of favors. And I, I plan to continue to do that because, you know, your network is everything. And I essentially found a cheat code to build a massive network and be monetized in the process. Like a really dialed in network. Yeah. Of like really strategic <laughs> people yeah without even knowing it nope didn't even love know. it but it was all the consent forms yeah <laughs> it's like literally the such a simple simple thing this guy was prospecting out there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um how long have you been doing it now uh so i've been making video content for probably like two and a half years doing oh yeah since COVID. yeah since makes, covid true. began makes sense so as for like the, the the millionaire mansions videos the ones that uh, i have a lot of claim to those videos i they've kind of seen their arc so they were very popular and they still are. I do make the odd one now and again, but it's not anywhere near as much as I grinded it in the beginning. Um, <clears throat> so I've diversified into new uh, forms of content, new platforms, new Snapchat shows and uh, other business endeavors. And it's now made my time at a different value and it's not feasibly accountable. I, I can't I can't feasibly go out like I used to and knock on 50 to 100 yeah. doors in a day, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate because I'm not able to make that content that people loved so much. But um, yeah, I've been doing it for two and a half years and I still make those videos. Generally, when people reach out to me now, though, I do have a lot of people that will message me here and I got this amazing property. Yeah. Come check it out and I'll fly around or, you know, local or around North America. But uh, yeah, it's been two and a half years and it's gone a lot of different ways and it just keeps spreading. So let's talk about the real estate agency to deal with. No yeah. names, don't need to do that. But like, how are you, how's your experience with people in this industry? Yeah, so I think just like ballpark, so like you and anybody else will understand, 
I'm the biggest creator on TikTok in the real estate niche. Yeah. And I don't sell real estate. I don't, you know, it's not what I do, but I make videos around luxury real estate. And I have the biggest account that does that with the most views, mm -hmm. most likes, most views, most comments, most shares. So that being my position, my understanding would be that I could potentially partner with realtors or brokerages and advertise their, their uh, properties. And something that I found, I never approached too many realtors as I get reached out to so frequently. I would have a lot of meetings and conversations with brokerages or realtors, and it never would lead anywhere. No one would ever really want to invest what I would want from them in cost to be able to make content on my platform. There is a few exceptions, and it, I would make videos with them and promote them, and they did exceptionally. But most agencies that I deal with don't see the value in a spend on social media like some others do. And I would heavily, I would, I would confidently say that most of them do not see the value. Like yeah. they, they don't want to spend. And like, I would charge anywhere from like three to like $10,000 per video and they would get millions of views. So it's, I never quite understood it and it almost rubbed me the wrong way because knowing my background in advertising and marketing, I know what that viewership is worth. Maybe you're not going to get a buyer from my video, but you're going to get a lot of media press coverage. There was one house that I did um, and uh, I, was, I was paid to do it and the video went so viral. It got like 23 million views. The house was for sale. Blog TO posted about my video and linked to the house for sale. That thing sold in literally like that week. Yeah. It was a $3.5 million property. And I was paid like $3,000 to make that video. Yeah. So there's so much value in social media and, and getting connection, PR, like people talking, the buzz, everything about it. But I've never quite nailed a partnership that's been able to see that value and put the risk up to, to you know, make those videos. Yeah. Well, this guy, Matt um, Campoli, he's mm -hmm. a pretty, pretty good strategic partner. You should check him out. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm yeah. honestly, I'm down to reach out to more people, especially considering at this. Oh yeah, <laughs> my bad. But I'm, de I'm definitely around to reach out to more people and do uh, deals in that avenue, considering especially that I just don't have the time to go out and knock on all these doors anymore. Yeah, I've, I've from day one, man, I was like the guy on Instagram six years ago I started, right? Yeah. And I was told like, don't waste your time on there. Why aren't you out knocking on doors, cold calling, which I did. I did all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I still made time to constantly post and do my thing and just told don't do it you're wasting time you're never gonna get business from that stuff what the hell is this bullshit blah blah, blah. here yeah. i am all my majority of my business comes from there now yeah wow. right and um so i've always been the biggest advocate for those types of um partnerships and relationships i think it's super important and it's a value add to my clients too right yeah, if you no can doubt. position it properly it's just a smart way to do it and mm -hmm. The problem too is like a lot of people are just super small-minded and like short-minded where they're just thinking about today or next week or like this month versus, okay, yeah, I'm giving up a little bit now, but I'm building number one, a great relationship. Number two, my client's getting crazy amount of exposure. So I'm really doing my job and yeah, I pay a little bit more, but like all in all in the long term, it goes much further. Yeah. Right. I couldn't agree more. And uh, that that type of exposure, it gets you it gets you places, it gets you recognition. It, and that's something that I've even tried to proposition to uh, deals I've done in the past where it's like, look, if, if we did content together, your clients would know that, you know, list with with whomever, like list. And you know that that video is going to go up on Aaron's account. 
Like mm-hmm. that's that's amazing. A lot of people call me from very far and wide just for me to come and make a video at their property. So it's a it's an interesting aspect to be able to bring in new listings. Yeah, for sure. Do you uh, invest in real estate yourself? No, I, I would really like to get into investing in real estate. And uh, I was actually going to buy my first property this summer. But given the instability of the market, I decided to hold off. Um, something that I am really interested in doing is getting into um, uh, private uh, private lending and That's cool. m- mortgage yeah. funds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a network of a lot of successful people, mm-hmm. a lot of which don't know or are not already in, in a private fund for mortgages. And uh, using my network and my connections, I'm, I'm trying to proposition a private fund. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So your wheels are always turning. Yeah, definitely. Love it's, it. just, it's, it's a bit of a side hustle, but I know that that type of side hustle can very easily uh, generate a, a substantial income. Well, once you have a, a network and reach like someone like you do, um, you can really do anything with it, right? If you're smart. Yeah. Um, it's really all it takes. All about who you know in life. So yeah. I think uh, you're on a very good path. Yeah. I'd love to dig into your take on like out of the social media platforms, what has been the best for you for exposure? Yeah. So I think it's, it's no secret right now that TikTok is very explosive. Um, it's probably not the same as it was about two years ago, but the algorithm itself is a propelling system. It's, it's created so that users go on there and they see what's curated and best for them. And every social media platform and video streaming site is creating their own version of this because TikTok did it right. Um, Instagram used to be, you only really see what you follow and that put people in a box, right? Yep. You, you post something and let's say you only have a hundred followers, it could be the best thing in the world mm-hmm. and you know, only a hundred people are gonna see it, that That's sucks. True. Whereas TikTok created this system where you post something good, it gets a really great viewer retention and people are engaging with it and it propels itself. And that's why you see Instagram's algorithm changing, YouTube integrating shorts. Even Netflix has come up with a vertical swiping system. I don't know if it's still active, if they're trialing on the it, app, On the phone app? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they, had a, they have a vertical up swiping uh, TikTok-like stream. It's essentially like trailers that play. In any case, a, cool. a lot of... Um, a lot of the nuance, like the new generation of social media is a curated, um, personalized feed, which, tic- <clears throat> which TikTok was the innovator for and still is the, you know, the biggest in the game. Yeah. Well, the new Instagram is adopting mainly yes. video focused. 100%. Right. There, Instagram, I, I spend a lot of time watching videos, probably more than I should, but it's, I'm always studying them as yeah, I watch well, them. That's... And Instagram has a very different vibe to than TikTok. I think TikTok is still kind of the wild west in the sense that like people have like burner accounts on there, which are like just accounts they don't really care about. Their name is something silly and they're just commenting whatever they want. It's just kind of nonsensical. Whereas Instagram is so... Um, curated it's like a little everyone's personal little website it's almost like their little portfolio exactly and they're very concerned about their brand or what they may say or this and that and so people aren't as uh risky or won't won't post a photo they don't like whereas tiktok it's like people are throwing up the craziest stuff on there commenting the wildest things it will eventually get to be like instagram where people adopt it more and take it more seriously but as for right now it's still like that and that means it's still early it's still time to get in and get on before it gets to that like 
professionalism type like, oh, we take this kind of seriously now. And I'm talking about the user base, not really the company itself. They're obviously serious about what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, it's um, like even for me, I'm mainly Instagram right now, but I've flirted a little bit with TikTok. This podcast is doing pretty good on TikTok. Yeah. We've hit like hundreds of thousands of views on some. So it's just crazy to see. Like I'm, you know, our team runs that, but like I'm mm -hmm. witnessing like, okay, that's me on the video and we're crushing it. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, a ton of potential on there. Yeah. But actually bringing about, let's say, business or mm -hmm. monetizing, I feel like Instagram is a little better. Yeah, I would agree. Right. I think Instagram, it also has a store integrated into it, which is yep. something TikTok doesn't have. TikTok is good for impressions, awareness, and exposure. But if you want to convert people on TikTok, it's a whole different game. Uh, and the best thing to convert on, on TikTok is, I mean, obviously, you know, converting to get Instagram followers, even that can be like pulling teeth. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to be selling something or trying to make a revenue on TikTok, the best, like, best products or best companies are products. Yeah. So selling something, making content that has a product in it that's integrated into your series and people can purchase that. And it's not just merchandise. It could be, you know, a cozy, a beer cozy or a, or a, a game or, you know, whatever, some sort of item because people buy products when they see it in action. Yeah. So for real estate agents out there, maybe trying to blow up on TikTok, do you have any advice for them? Yeah. To be honest, I think a lot of real estate agents on TikTok, they go too far to make their videos look very professional mm -hmm. and like crisp. Take it from me. My videos are shot by hand, no stabilizer on a on the newest iPhone. I do have some background in videography, but people like raw. Like, don't overthink it. Just yeah. get in there, get some cool shots, put them together, put some music on it, add some comedy if you can, or 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 um, um, education. The main thing I, I I try to say in any case, whether it's real estate or any content on TikTok or anywhere, if you add value the more value propositions you add, the more likely it's going to go viral. So if you're showing um, a beautiful property and that's like a, a, like eye candy, okay, that's a value. Okay, eye candy, great. If it's just eye candy, well, well that's just one thing. We'll smell you later. If it's eye candy and education, okay, well, there's two things going on here. Eye candy, education, comedy, whoa, all right, three things. This is kind of, whoa, and then all of a sudden it becomes like sexy or, you know, now you've got five, five value propositions up in this like, 45 second video that's gas yeah. like people are going to consume that so what i would say to real estate agents is try to add more value and don't overthink the filming process you don't need to hire like a crazy videographer to come in there and do all these like you know radical filmings uh, processes or whatnot just get in there make some like like transitions wave the phone around get some cool shots of the different areas and add some try to add some other values to it maybe talk about these aspects of the home maybe Play, be a little more playful and uh, just feel it out and try different things. Always A-B test. Yeah, so I've, I'm, the, I'm that guy who I repurposed a lot of my Instagram, professionally done, mm -hmm. high quality reels. I think Instagram is more there. accepting for that. It is. TikTok, they like this like rough thing. Like it's almost like grab an old iPhone yeah. and just like film with that. For some reason, like people like a little shakiness. It feels more authentic and more real. And I think that circles back to Instagram's identity people are much more polished and refined. It's like a resume. Yes. And TikTok is kind of like this, like, you know, Wild West, like wheeling and dealing, like throwing videos up. This is hilarious. It went viral. Like it's raw. So you have to kind of know the difference between those two. I also purpose my content on every platform, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, 
uh, YouTube, everywhere. And it's interesting to see how the videos perform differently on different platforms. Yeah, and so you're taking the you're taking that one edited video, or you re you're re uh, making them on each platform. I will do slight alterations okay. to it, but uh, usually it's like unless you noticed. I mean, some of them have a pretty diff- big difference, but they're practically the same. True. Well, I'm gonna go home and grab my Motorola razor. <laughs> Start making videos. Yeah, super seriously. super pixely. Why not? Right. I bet you that could be a whole premise. <laughs> like just pixelated real estate. Pixelated videos. pixelated real estate videos. Like really new looking properties. People scratching their head. Why? Yeah. See, there you go. There's a value, right? I mean, it yeah. could it could sound like a backwards value, but hey, it's a comical value, you know. And people don't need to see 4K, 8K. You know, these cameras and stuff. They're getting so high quality nowadays. It's like. But at the end of the day, people are watching like crap footage of like people jumping off of trees and stuff, like, yeah. and they're getting millions of views. I know, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, super consuming. It's, it's funny. Um, so if you if you had to pick, what have been what was like your favorite house or encounter with someone that you've knocked on? Yeah, so I think encounters are hard to put down, but I think that I, I learned a lot from a handful of people. And um, if I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get into the house after, but. The things that I learned from a lot of them were just good business information, good knowledge, good conversation. And I did learn that a lot of these very successful people are invested in real estate. They have a real estate portfolio. They have, uh, they do private lending. They do, uh, they, they own condominiums, the commercial real estate. They're all in real estate. Land is, uh, you can't really make more land. Yep. Um, in fact, there's actually more value in land on earth than there is currency in circulation. Interesting. So scratch your head on that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, they're all involved in land and they're all, they all suggest, you know, investing and in, in making wise decisions. There, I, I'll mention one person. So there was a, a guy I met in Houston, Texas. His name is Omar Dar. And um, he was in, uh, grew up an immigrant from India and his parents came here. He went through school. He became a paramedic and um, from a paramedic, he actually started his own ambulance company and uh, he is now one of the biggest ambulance um, ambulance company owners in Texas. So you call 911, it's likely his ambulance that pulls up. Interesting. So those types of stories were what really resonated with me. People that came up, did mm-hmm. it, banged it out, had the drive, made it happen. And that was what I think enabled me a lot. In terms of actual real estate properties, there's so many gorgeous places. And I didn't even know this. I, n- I never did a whole lot of traveling before, but I spent a lot of time in Miami. And like these homes on, the, on these canals with their boats behind right. and they're like gorgeous infinity pools, like modern, huge glass, palm trees. Like that was such a vibe. Yeah. There was plenty of houses I went there that were like absolutely stellar pristine properties and what's funny is a lot of those homes down there they're like third fourth fifth homes those people do yeah. not live there i know it's like, true i would talk to people and they'd be like you, you're lucky you got me i haven't been here in a year i'm like what the hell this house is worth like 50 million dollars yeah. and you haven't been here in a year they don't airbnb it either it's yeah. like those are like super elite those were some of them among the hardest ones to get videos at because how vacant they are but i think one of my favorite properties i was ever at was in Los Angeles, and it was um, the family that owns um, Bedhead, which is a hair product. I know Bedhead. Yeah, they own Bedhead. Their son is a musician. He's a rap artist, and I did the video with their son, and their house was just absolutely state-of-the-art. Like, 
such unique architecture, huge triangular um, infinity pool that oversaw the downtown Los Angeles skyline right up on top oh, of the, hill. the hills. It was just like nice. absolutely remarkable. And and they had like a whole side house with where, where their son had was living with another pool. Like it's just this like LA mansion, super modern. I love the modern look. Yeah. 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 I was just in Miami. I did a, we do field trips. They're called field trips. So I'm touring <laughs> luxury properties yeah. and then doing the podcast in the property with the agent. Yeah. Just to like bring a different vibe, right? Yeah. And I saw some, I, we were in a 12, $12 million penthouse at the Ritz. Sunny Isles, just like yeah. endless views, man. You literally see like, you know, the fish, the schools of fish in the water. Yeah. And then like a, a, one of the $6 million villa, similar on the canal yeah. with the yacht outside. It is a different vibe. Yeah, it definitely is a different feel because you yeah. don't get that here. You could you could have a house like with that same architecture in Los Angeles, but it just wouldn't feel the same because you're not right on a canal. Yeah, like I gotta say, I would love to one day have a house. I, I love boating, so like, if there's any place to have a boat, it is in South Florida, on one of those canals right in your backyard. So that that is like you know favorite house probably in Los Angeles, but favorite like amenities and climate, it's got to be Miami. Well, maybe one day you're making a video and someone's knocking on your door asking what you did for a living. And you can say, I'm doing what you're doing right now. Yeah, we can only hope. Yeah. I'll sponsor him. <laughs> so what's, uh, what's next for you? Anything exciting? Yeah, so um, I've just been developing more and more uh, shows on Snapchat on their discovery page. I currently have three shows, uh, Mind Your Business, Revealed, and Millionaire Mansions, which is the one we've discussed. Uh, Millionaire Mansions is the biggest real estate show on Snapchat as well. So it's, it's a great platform. Um, we're averaging like between the three shows, between like 20 and 30 million views a month, Crazy. which is massive. Yeah, huge. And uh, we're pitching our fourth show coming soon. It's going to be called Street Smart, uh, which is I'm interviewing people on the street, um, asking about their income, how they made their money, where they studied, what their journey and process has been, kind of just getting the average folk, you know, like what their journey has been and how they got where they are and where would they go if they could switch, that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, I'm also um, uh, developing a product, which I can't say too much about, but as I was saying earlier, um, having connections with other creators and seeing other creators have success with products that they've created and branded and trademarked, um, you can make an absolute killing. So uh, I'll give you an example. A friend of mine, he has a product. It's a very simple thing, and he makes videos about it. He's got about 900,000 followers. He gets, for every video he posts on TikTok, he posts about one, sometimes two a day. 1% of his viewership convert to buy. Holy shit. He did a video, got 28 million views. He made $250,000 in U.S. sales in a day. That is nuts. So the, the, the revenue off of a product on TikTok, as long as you're making the content appealing and mm -hmm. not so much like an ad. People try to make TikTok videos. A lot of companies, sponsorships reach out to me. They say, Aaron, I want you to get on TikTok and I want you to say www.this.com, buy it, get a link in bio, forget it. Do mm -hmm. not do that. It's not the way TikTok pushes content. It should yep. feel organic, should yep. feel likable. Mm -hmm. That's how their system works. Agreed. So integrating a product into a compelling Video concept is what I'm in the process of doing. Already designed my product. Um, we've we've um, done all the branding, the packaging. It's a physical thing. It's going to be available on Amazon across all of North America, and there'll be a ton of content coming out for uh, it in about mid October on launch. 
Amazing. That's yeah. exciting stuff. Yeah. We'll look out for it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's no doubt you're going to kill it because, you know, you already built that platform. Yeah, it's it's kind of not really a big risk at this yeah. point. So, I mean, it's I know that uh, if I if I sell 200 units, I'll make double what I put into it. It's amazing. So and you have uh, pretty sure you can yeah. excel way past that number. So <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Man. Yeah, that's the awesome. ROI is pretty high, but it took the blood, sweat and tears and a lot of boot stomping and knocking on doors. A lot of doors. Let me see your knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> it all wear and tear. It all started from knocking on doors. And uh, yeah, I, I can also contribute a lot to uh, the hospitality industry. Shout out to anybody that works in hospitality or has a background in hospitality. That's where I started as a busboy when I was like a teenager. And it was kind of what really like allowed me to develop into a social person mm. being forced to ask people, would you like something else? Yeah. Or can I get this for you? Or just having that social ability and building it from a young age in hospitality. If anybody's listening, that's of a young age and thinking about a part-time job, hundred percent get into hospitality. It'll teach you fundamentals of communication. And, uh, Whenever I hire people now, if I see hospitality on their resume, I'm like, we got to interview this person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love it, man. Smart. Yeah. It's a different way of thinking. Like you've taken a small entry-level job and the little things about it and utilize those skills into leverage what you do now. So it's amazing. Yeah. To hear. Thank you. So this is, we're nearing the end here. Uh, unfortunately, this flyby, but you've been awesome. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, I really appreciate um, it. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime. And to all your new fans out there, I think you just gained another... Uh, Two, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you're getting a couple of new fans out there. So what's, um, let's let them know where they can find you on the socials. Yeah, so um, you can find any of my three shows on Snapchat, Revealed, Mind Your Business, or Millionaire Mansions. If you want to see the mansion videos, uh, it'd be Millionaire Mansions on Snapchat. Or you can find them on my Instagram, Aaron Van Campen, or TikTok, Aaron Van Campen. Um, I do also have a Facebook page for those who are only on there. Again, Aaron Van Campen. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Guys, we're going to post all his links in the bios like <laughs> usual. And to all my family, friends out there that keep watching and supporting and we're, we're growing day by day. Thank you so much. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, families, and your pet golden retriever. And we'll see you <laughs> on the next one. Peace.